Welcome back to Journey to Christ. Let's welcome back our host, Matt, and our co-host, Lawrence. And our topic today will be about obedience and what blessings follow for being obedient. So, Matt, um, what do you think in your life that has been a good example for you, like for people that just been like really obedient to God? They're just like an example to you, just like they helped pay the, a path or inspiration for you. I guess like a two-part kind of thing. Because thinking for this is like the element of they trust God, but also the second part is they're quick to do it. Because some people, they follow God, but they take, take too long to do it. So my kind of notes I had for this was, for example, you look at the, at the apostles like Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew. Like Christ would be like, hey, follow me. They leave behind their work, their businesses, their families, everything to go search, their, go to preach with him the gospel. But I think like the same kind of vein, being able to leave everything behind and follow Christ when he tells us to is like important. I love that. So when you talk about Peter like leaving behind his family and his business, like what is like, do you think it was his relationship with his Jesus Christ that he had that he's like, all right, I'm going to just give up all this for, for a man that he, because he didn't really quite know Jesus at the time when he was called to be an apostle, is that correct? I would say so, he didn't really know him at all, probably, so. At least, like, not, like, too much. Because, because my thoughts are, like, in, in these, now, these days, like, what would make Peter just to, to follow Jesus? Like, he's, he was pretty passionate about his job as a fisherman. He did it for a very long time, and what would a person, how would you convince a person to just end up leaving their, their passion, and especially, the, you know, not being able to be with their, their family. I think deep in their core, they knew he was, like, somewhat special. Because to your point, they didn't know he was the master or, like, divine or called. Because, like, for example, for Matthew in chapter 9, verse 9, it says that he saved unto him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. So, like, there's no context, no background at all. So we don't really know, like, what happened, really. But... I think it just comes down to, they're like, okay, well, this is just like work catching fish or to be a tax collector, but there's more to life than just doing this. So they went and like followed him. I, I really like that thought. So would you say, what what makes you a follower of Jesus Christ? Like what like persuades you to like, to leave behind? Like what do you leave behind when you follow Jesus Christ? Like what persuades you to, to leave those things behind? It's, it's a two question. I know. I've been trying to think in terms of like proof and evidence. So like if someone were to say, hey Matt, you're a Christian, right? They would point to like X, Y, and Z for why I am. Because like too often we have people like say they're Christians, but they don't actually do anything for Christ. So I would say strong Christians is proportionate to how much you sacrifice for Christ. Like if you give nothing to him, then why would you be considered like a strong Christian? So I guess to answer your question, it'd be how much I show my love for him with us, like thoughts, scripture, serving other people. Cause I think it was Christ who was saying like, if you don't serve other people, you know not me. Like there's like an element to knowing somebody. That's true. In that way. I, I like that, I like that thought because there's there that relationship process that we mentioned earlier where if we have that, that <laughs> relationship, it's, it's easier to, to follow someone that you, you do know compared to someone you, you, you don't know. This is like what you are saying earlier. You can't follow someone you don't know because you really don't know them. I think, too, in our current generation, we're all about, like, things being fast, like, with technology and Facebook, Instagram, but in the same vein, like, when Christ tells us to do something, we should do it faster than, like, taking a long time. Like, you look at, like, Abraham with, like, Isaac, like, his son. It was the next morning he, like, arose and went and did that. He could have waited a week or two months to really, like, think it over and, like, consider all the possibilities, but he just went inside and just chose to follow Christ. So, like, how often do we get, like, promptings from God and we just, like, choose to wait way too long? And then before we know it, it's, like, too late to do that sad thing. I like that. Well, I want to ask you another question. Let's, let's dig a little deeper here. So, we talk about acting quickly or promptly when we see, you know counsel from God or, or a commandment or, or you know revelation so 
when we come and receive that commandment and there's going to be a time at times where God's going to give us a commandment and then we're going to have that doubt or that hesitation. What has, has there been ever a time for you that where you just, you had that doubt or hesitation and you just conquered it or what did you do uh, to conquer that doubt or hesitation? I would say you have to definitely trust God because if you just had like random like a voice one day tell you go do this thing and you don't know God at all like Nephi didn't one day have God tell him hey kill Laban like it was like a series of like trusting him first and having that faith but you can't jump from all there away over there so I, I would say there definitely been times where God told me to like do something and then I've like trust him before so I know it like works out in the past so for example, like a two-year mission is like kind of out there, you know. Like I had school to do and work, but like I trusted God that it was like the right thing to do. And I didn't wait till I was like twenty or twenty-one. I decided I was like eight, eighteen to go and do that. So yeah, I say that. That's cool. Let's go a little bit deeper there. How did you? What what was the the the, the evidence or the proof or the the confidence or the the help that made you certain to follow God's commandment of like serving a two-year mission? Like what was it just? God commanded you like you need to go to, to your mission and you just followed it was there prayer involved like what what's that journey of process look like actually I would say at the time I didn't know but you know like the quote it's from, like, from Elder Holland he's like if you don't know lean on my faith like trust in me so, like I think at that time it was more leaning on like my bishop's faith my parents faith the, the, like, the apostles so I think if you don't know something you follow like the person that you want to become like and like what they chose to do until you know if, like yourself where to go in life. Because I think at that point, there's no way I would have been like certain, certain it was like, the right thing to do. I had to just kind of like just jump in and see what happened. I really love that. Like so even for, you look at like Peter, like walking on like, the water, he was certain and he walked on it, but then he fell. So like, it's not really, it's not like realistic to think you're gonna be perfect all the time and always have like certain faith all the time. There's gonna be times where like you don't know. It's gonna always work out. That's true. I, I definitely agree there. Were you were you scared at the moment because you said you weren't certain to go on a mission? Were you saying would you say that there was some fear and doubt when you were leaning on someone's faith, or was it you were just like, I trust the money like you said earlier, you trust your faith of your bishop and your parents and, and God and um and that was enough. There's a lot of fear, yeah. But I mean, I don't think you don't have to have no fear to still trust in God and still just like move forward. I think faith is more like just going towards things. It's not like the emotion behind it. So, like like Nephi, when he went to like Jerusalem with the plates, I'm sure he was kind of nervous and scared to like go out there. But he didn't wait all this time. Like after he was told from Nephi to get the plates, he decided just to go and do it. Instead of like waiting for like months to go out there. I really like that because it's really true what you're saying we can have we can be scared we can have fear in our lives and i think the, the point you were pointing out we, we don't need to let fear you know conquer our lives and since control our lives you know it's okay to be scared but at the point we we need to still continue to um pursue our our, our faith our, our you know our dreams um the things that you know that are that's going to be making us happy and i feel like if we let those those doubts and those fears control us. We'll be missing out on a lot of a lot of good opportunities to be happy. Yeah, I think adding to that, it's like being ready for the opportunities. This is in like Luke twelve, and the phrase is let your learn let your loins be girded about. And that phrase is kind of weird, like loins, like what that even mean, like girded about. Mm -hmm. I, I did some like background, and mentioned like, these like really long garments. So basically, if you were to like try to like run somewhere you would first like fold up all like your clothing like in the waist so like it wouldn't like fall out everywhere. So you could like move quickly from like place to place like your loins like about you. It's basically saying almost like be like, a, like, a, like attentive. Almost like stay dressed for action. Like for like, the whole like armor of God, you don't take it on and off and get like tired. You always have the armor on. So like at like at any second, you can always like go towards what God needs you to do in that case. I think too, so it mentions like the wedding, like the servants and all that, and like the bridesmaid or a groom. Mm -hmm. Is it a groom? Yeah. Groom, yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't plan on it happening. And he was bringing up when he comes to Nakif, 
and we open unto him like immediately. So like, if Christ were to knock on the door right now, you're having to like get dressed and get like ready and get like your armor on. Like there's not enough time to do that. He's like knocking. He like, can answer like right away from you. I think so often in our lives, God's like knocking our like door of like life. We're not like answering him. So like we miss a lot like different things for the spirit and things we can like improve our lives with in that way. I really love that thought, Matt. So I want to just come back with that thought you had to your story about serving the two-year mission. Do you feel like you were ready uh, to, to serve that two-year mission? Kind of like we were saying, you were lying on your faith, you were, you were scared, but you were, you know, do you felt like you were ready? Or tell me a little bit more about that, so. Probably not. There's like this um, phrase, it's like mind the gap. Mm-hmm. So like if you're on like a mission, you have like your skill gap, but also like your trust in God. When you're a brand new missionary, it's like a very close gap because you have no skills and you're trusting God to like complete because you have nothing else to turn to. But as you get like older in the mission, you tend to lean towards like your skill sets, like your confidence more than God. Like trusting like the arm of like flesh, you like the arm of man. And the trick though is to try make it where even when like your skill sets go up, you still trust in God in the same like degree. Because I would say when I was like brand new, I had like no confidence for serving that commission. So like it was all towards God. Which makes sense. That's why God calls 18-year-olds to serve missions because you're still new. If he, if he called like 40-year-olds, they would be too confident to trust in him as much, in my opinion. So you were saying that your, your confidence really like made a difference in your relationship with, with God. Um, is that correct? Yeah. I think you have both. You can have confidence in God and confidence in yourself and if your confidence is placed in God first then he can help you to see like your own value easily I definitely agree with you I believe you can have a confidence in, in yourself and, and as well as uh, God I think that comes around um, there, there's a, a scripture and first uh, Nephi chapter chapter 19 and um, it, I believe it's going to be 20. Six, I believe, talks about how there's these uh, this group of people how they look beyond the mark. They wanted like profound um, teachings. They just wanted like these super crazy, you know, deep doctrine that they you know they're not gonna understand. But that's what they wanted, you know. So. It's, it's, I feel like that's kind of where, what you're saying, if we look beyond the mark, um, we're not going to be able to flourish or enjoy that relationship with, with God. Yeah. I think adding to that, we like to try and make things complicated for the gospel. But if you reckon instead, like, what has God already asked me to do? And how can I do said thing faster? I think it's a good start, I think, for like increasing like your faith towards God. And there's like a scripture, it's John four thirty five. It says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then come of harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. I think it's easy to think, oh, we have time. We have like four months left to really get going. Mm-hmm. But like if God asks you to do something like right now, then it's time to harvest, even if you don't feel like prepared or ready. Because mm-hmm. like you're a missionary like thing, I wasn't ready, but it's like just jumping in there and trusting in God rather than my own like skill sets to get the job done. I think it's like important. So I have a question for you. So we, we talked about some of it, a little bit about how like you, you entered uh, this mission and you said, you know, there's a lot of faith you put towards it, not knowing um, if it's the thing you should do, but you, you believe it to be. And, and you, you really relied on God and, and, and family and your bishop. And there's moments of time you are uncertain. And in that moment of time from your, your mission to the, the end, um, how would you say your relationship with God has, has, it, you know, has it grown? And what is the process in, in the growth? Is there any relation? Do you feel like during the beginning of your mission, it was easier to be more obedient or later on it was harder or all the way through it just was easy or like come and explain to me like um what was that look like 
Um, anger at the very beginning was more out of fear because if you're always anxious all the time, then you follow God to become confident. So like you're trusting and following like the rules of mission and like the commandments to hopefully God give me strength for this and this and this. But I think as time went on, I became confident. So it was more out of like love. It was more like, hey God, how can I help serve these people? Because when you're like in like survival mode, like spiritually, it's almost all on you. Once you have more like faith in yourself and you feel God's love for you, you want to like give out more of it to other people, I think. So I would say the start of my mission was more about me. I'm more like self-centered, but like towards the end, it was about helping and giving that spirit to help convert other people towards the faith. Uh, I like that thought. So you're saying, from my understanding, you were saying that you have to believe in yourself enough to to, to be able to reach out to others. Is, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I think too. You can't give up what you don't have. Like you can't teach your children about the gospel if you yourself don't believe in it. So I think your spiritual identity or like your spiritual like where you're at, your family or your children won't like exceed that by too much. So like, it's almost like your job to make like yourself grow and help other people grow too. So you're you're saying, from my aspect, I, I could be wrong. You should let me know if I'm, I'm a little bit off on this, but. From my understanding, you're saying we have like a well, and whatever we put in that well, we can draw from it. But we can't really give out much more than what we put in this well to like to to us for other people. It's, it's what we put in that well, and that's that's what we got pretty much. It's almost like money. If you had like a spiritual bank account, if you had fifty thousand in there, mm-hmm. you can't give someone a hundred thousand because you yourself don't have a hundred thousand to give. Like your max you can give is fifty thousand. But you wouldn't do that because that's all you have. So I think the more you have, like, developing, like, who you are to Christ, your testimony, your faith towards him, you can give out more to people. But let's say you have, like, 100,000 spiritually. If you give out 10,000 to someone else, you can help bless their life and not think about it as much. That makes sense. Okay. If you have nothing, if you're, like, in debt towards God, you have, like, nothing to give, you can't help him as much to spread the whole, like, kingdom as, like, a tool towards his kingdom and all that. Oh, okay. I think I understand. So, I have a question for you. So, ha- have you ever experienced during your mission where you had that principle where you, you gave and you didn't have anything left to give because you didn't have that experience? Or did you have a different experience where you gave and Jesus Christ or, or God gave you revelation to help you to give you more of that surplus? You know, sometimes we, we don't have enough to to deliver and where God just comes in and gives us grace is like this person needs to come into me and he gives us that, that surplus to, to make it to make it right or to, to accomplish that that goal yeah I like the concept of like sevenfold mm-hmm. it's like you kind of give what you can mm-hmm. and then God will like multiply your efforts because obviously it wasn't my charisma or skill that like saved people on the mission field it was like God's grace that did that like in helping me so I would say, give what you can. And it's like the fishes and like the bread. Like you give what you can, it'll be like multiplied, and God will take your little small sacrifice and like expand it everywhere. Where if you give like nothing though, God can't do that much. You can have like faith all day, but if you have like no works, then it's not not gonna like avail you too much. That's that's true. I mean, you definitely have to put the work in because if you don't put the work in. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna reap those fruits. I definitely agree with you there. Um, is there any blessings that you you felt like you you specifically saw during your your mission, or maybe even past your mission or before your mission, that you specifically uh, followed a a prompting or a commandment or, or counsel that God gave you, and you you saw either an immediate blessing or maybe you saw a blessing down the road, and it took some trial of faith to to for you to reap that reward. Um, have you seen that? I'm trying to think. I would say loving people at like expectation. It's like whether it's like a companion or someone on the street. Because a lot of times in our current world, you give to get back from someone. Like almost like I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back. Mm -hmm. But right companions, like if you do like the dishes or something else, like not wanting them to like do anything back for you. Right, the thing I think I learned from like having to serve like a mission. It's just like 
Christ went and did things throughout like the land and he didn't like expect anyone to do anything for him. It was all of this like pure service and that was like it. Okay. I, I definitely agree that like there, there's definitely uh, blessings. Um, I actually love this one scripture. It's in Nephi chapter 17 verse 3. Um, it's, it says God will nourish and strengthen us uh, when we keep the commandments and he will provide a, a path for us to keep his commandments and this is what it says. And thus we see that the commandments of God shall must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he hath commanded them. Wherefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. And that, that gives you, uh, in that chapter, that gives a brief uh, summary or um, background. You know, Nephi and Lehi, they were in the wilderness. And they felt like God was providing them and giving them strength through the wilderness. You know, if you look at it, he he, he didn't he allowed his family to eat raw meat. They, they didn't have to use fire because fire would alert, you know, his enemies. And God wanted to keep them safe. So, like, you don't need to use fire to cook your meal. You just, you know, you, you just kill your the animal and then you just, you know, pretty much eat it. Yeah. And, and also, like, just other ways, he's just been, they've been just, you know, blessing them throughout the, the journey. Like, you know, being able to, to find food um, when everyone couldn't find food, right? His brothers couldn't find food. Nephi's arrow, uh, bow broke. Eventually, Nephi breaks a new bow. He asks his father for, for guidance, and God directs him, you know, to get food. So I feel like that definitely, um, that definitely is applicable in that, in that verse. I feel like that's very applicable in my lives. I think, too, for that verse, there's love all in that because Nephi didn't have to go to Lehi at all because one could have argued that Nephi at that point was more worthy to receive revelation for where to go because he hadn't complained at all. But he still asked Lehi for, like, help to where to, like, hunt and all that. So this kind of shows, like, love is still the answer. Like, regardless, like, what people have, like, done towards you, like, just trying to love them in any way possible as, like, Christ would. Would you say that Nephi had faith in God's plan? And that's why he trusted his father, because he was a prophet, and he, he knew the, you know, he, he knew that, that structure. And so did you say that he trusted the, the, the structure that God has, has prepared for all of us, um, you know, listening to the prophet and, and their inner counsel that they, they give us? Would you say that's like an honorary of, like, of his faith and love for God? I think so. But I also think some people like to lone wolf their faith too often. Especially in my mission, people be like, you don't need some organized church. You can just like have like your own like spirituality and be at home, and do like your own thing, which maybe in some ways is true. But I think for Nephi, yes, he had his own testimony and his own faith, but he had Sam, he had his mom, he had Lehi, and all of them were able to like help each other out. Whereas I think if it was just Nephi, like, about the entire story, it's a lot harder to keep, like, your wits about you. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I actually went um, uh, with the missionaries. Not even on my mission, just, like, in my, my family ward. I went with the missionaries. We met with this woman, and uh, she, she didn't believe in hell or anything. She didn't believe in, like, devils or anything like that, and she didn't believe in organized religion, um, which I, I think most people miss, uh, have this misconception uh, about uh, organized religion is that... Um, there once for God made organized an, an organized plan for us. Like if we take out the church, we're missing so much because within a church, you know, there's the ordinances, like you know, the sacrament, which you know has to be done in the proper way. We can't just do it by ourselves. There's, there's, you know, there, you know, we have to have priesthood holders. There's, you know, all this organization. If we take out the church, we're missing, we're missing all of that blessings. For, from that blessing of that ordinance, ordinance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I think it all comes down really to people as well. Because if you look at like your closest like friend, or, like your peer group, if all of them aren't spiritual, like your chances of not being spiritual too over time are gonna grow. Like you look at like a husband and like a wife, if they're both on the same page for like what faith they're gonna follow, it's very hard to keep it going in like a lot of ways. So. That's why I think if you want like, a strong foundation for like your family, if the build family on the exact same page for like what you want, 
just for everything. So. No, I, I, there, yeah, I definitely agree with that. There's definitely a, a struggle if there isn't a, a, I think a consensus of agreement of where, where you guys stand, uh, you know, with your values and, and um, what you deemed like for your goals. You look at Lehi and Soraya. They may be like some like complaining and like murmuring here and there, but they have the same values though. The same, like, they both loved God, so. That, I think, is, like, the most, like, like important element. Just being on like, the same page for all of it. So, I have a question for you. Would you say for... I know we talked a lot about obedience, but let's talk a little bit more obedience. Like, for you, why is it important for you to be obedient? Like, personally, like, what is your, like... Is it just because some, that's something that you were taught? Is it because you... Um, you have this deep relationship with God, or is, or is there something else? Why is it important to you? What I'd just like to know your, your 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 thoughts are. I think a few things is just that you don't need to always know why to be obedient. It's more like if there's like laws like a tree, like do this and do that. The the root of the tree is still like in Christ. So like if you love Him, then you'll do what He's asked you to do. Which I think we know things that we don't know, but then there's also like the unknowns. And there's like something you just don't know, but God has like his more like this understanding for like the future. And if he tells you, hey, don't do X thing, then trusting his like timetable and his like wisdom is more like important than your own like understanding for things. I think I've seen it like in my own life, like it's like the blessings of like keeping the commandments. But like back in the old days, for like when they said, don't smoke. That made no sense back then, because doctors said it was like healthy to do, and it was like the whole world was like smoking. But Christ has like that long timetable for like how things will play out in the future, just for everything. No, I definitely agree with you. There, there's there's a time and a moment where we don't need to know. Um, we don't need to know everything. There, there's that um, that principle of faith that we shouldn't ever take out. It's more relying on on God, where you know. There were things that we will, that we can we know you know for certain, and that there's some certain things um, we may not know much much later down the the, the road. Um, I really like that. Um, have Have you ever felt like God has like blessed you like out of mercy, or do you feel like do you feel like God blesses you like out of more of obedience? Like in your life, do you feel like God gave you this blessing out of like grace or like tell me what what you you, you feelings on like blessings wise like in general I think definitely more out of grace because I have like a tally mark for one point for Matthew and one point for Christ like it wouldn't be fair at all that's why I think we pray in, in the name of Christ because we're asking for his name and his honor for the blessings because we ourselves aren't worthy of the blessings like, you wouldn't pray in the name of Matthew because there's no, like, honor in that. I think in that way, I would say it's definitely more out of grace because I didn't do anything to deserve Christ dying for me. That was out of, like, pure love. It's almost like a present that's just been, like, handed to us. All we do is just, like, open it. That's all we ask us to do is open it and, like, follow his, like, commandments. So, but I don't think there's anything that we all did effort-wise to deserve any of that. It's kind of like when you're like a brand new parent, you have like a baby. That baby didn't really do anything to deserve you helping it. You do it out of like love. Like the baby hasn't given you anything to warrant your help, but you still love it. I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I, I, I love that. Um, I'm going to share this one scripture with you. It's in De- uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verses 30 and through 31. It says, God will be merciful when we are obedient, especially in times of tribulation. Um, and this is what it says. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and be, shall, and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord of thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swears unto them. And I feel like, um, there's times where God will bless us um, with grace, and he, he will do that absolutely. 
And um, I definitely agree with you there. But I, I think this verse is saying, like, even... I think w- what you were saying is that about the tally score, God doesn't judge us about so much... I don't think God judges, like... He's a merciful God. I know that. And I think He judges us upon our heart. He sees our efforts. And He, he, he sees that we're, we're trying. And I think that's what he, He's really judging our hearts. Because... There are days that we're going to struggle. There's going to be days that we're going to make mistakes. But at the end of the day, um, I've heard of this. Um, I think Heavenly Father wants us to choose to follow His commandments um, in His presence, but also not in His presence. He wants us not. He wants us to be wanting to do this because we want to do this. Yeah. I think He almost wants it more than we do. Like, people always think at the judgment day it's going to be Christ, like, having this, like, list of things that you did and didn't do, like, your sins and all that. But in reality, he'd be, like, advocating for you, like, things that you did do. I think, to your point, it will be, like, your heart, because if it wasn't, there's tons of things you've done. Like, when you were, like, 12 years old and you, like, stole some, like, candy, you, you like, forgot to, like, pay for it back, or what happens then? Does God have sent you to hell for that one th- piece of candy you stole? Or is it the principle your heart has changed from that point? It's been 10 years. So I think more in that light, it's like what's in your heart. So I think people try and think, try and follow these like checkbox lists. That's maybe helpful, but it's not like your heart changing. It's more about like, like becoming than doing certain things to meet some like arbitrary list of things that God wants you to do. Yeah, I, I definitely agree because I feel like there's going to be, um, it's like you're saying, if, if we, you know, say that kid that stole the candy, he's not going to, I mean, he could be condemned if he didn't repent, you know, right? We all repent of our sins. As long as we repent of that sins, our heart has changed. He, that kid doesn't want him still anymore. Um, he's changed his ways. He's changed his, his heart. You know, we move forward and that's part of the, the atonement. You know, we, we make these mistakes and we may have these feelings of covetousness, you know, wanting Things that we, we necessarily don't even need. Maybe things that we want or um, or it doesn't just necessarily have to be covetousness, but it could just be like other stuff that we make mistakes. And as long as we, you know, continue on that path of, of repentance and, and continually try to change our heart and, you know, God's not going to punish us for, for doing our best to, to follow his will. As long as we continue on that re- uh, path of repentance, uh, we should we should be fine. Yeah. Morris comes down to like asking yourself like, Where's like your heart at right now? Like if God were to come like tomorrow, where's like your heart? Like a scale of, like one to ten, like how much are you there for Christ and all that? Which is definitely like a hard question to kind of consider. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I have a question for you. Would you say, like, do you remember like a specific blessing in your life, like where? You didn't have like a great relationship with God, not necessarily. You just you just didn't know Him like that well, and can you compare that to a a blessing that you do now know? Maybe like recently, could you say the difference of that relationship or that love that you feel when you receive uh, a blessing from God? Would that would you say there is any change, or would you say it's the same, or what? What are your thoughts and feelings upon that? I think. On God's side, the love would be like the exact same. Yeah. But on my side, though, the love definitely changes because it's almost like the kid that gets like a present when they're like six years old and they just kind of open it and they don't even like read like who it's like from at all. So there's like tons of gifts you get from like God every day, like breathing every day. You can walk, like you have like running water, you have like a house. Like these are all blessings, but like you don't consider where it came from. Or when you get like older, you consider like, oh, like that came from God. I think it starts to change. You like start not saying, oh, that was luck, or it just happened. That was like through the grace of God that things happened. I think that's also important. I think a quote I like a lot too is, if you feel far from God, who moved? It, it's always you. Like God didn't move. It was like your actions that made it where it didn't work out. So. But I think to your point, the more you like, you serve God, the more you like, recognize the blessings in your life. You then in turn love Him more, for that. I really like the thought about 
how you, you the, the what you said about who moved, you know, that during that um, that distance, you know, during your life, you know, who moved? It's really us, um, because I feel like that's that's true. It's our journey to become closer to God, and he he's, he he really knows the path, and he's just trying to help us get there. Um, do you have any um, questions about like obedience or um, blessings that you you wanted to talk about or discuss? I'm trying to think. It's, good, it's a good question for sure. Because I think one thought I've had recently is being able to obey. There's no like immediate like reward for it. Like there's no like emotion. Cause we always think like if you pray like your scriptures, then you'll be happy. Like you'll fill the spirit and be a good. But like sometimes you do said things and you don't get anything back from it for a while. I think it's more just like God trusting us that you don't need to always feel a certain way to keep doing like the right thing in life. I mean, if you feel like amazing every time, then everyone be like Christians. It'd be easy. People would stop doing certain things, be happy, and just choose God like instead. But it's being able to choose God like long term, I think. I like that thought. I, I think on that note, I think that what God wants us is that he wants us to experience all of our feelings and emotions and and I think he wants us to to feel happy and confident and hopeful about um, about life even if we're struggling we're going through hard times we can still be um, confident hopeful um, it may be hard um, and it's okay to be sad and stuff like that and it's okay to be angry but I, th I think God wants us to, to really know how to like control our, our feelings and emotions in a, in a way that we can um, follow God's commandments because I feel like if we go unchecked for our emotions like if we're in rage and we're just mad and we're you know we're, we're blaming God or we're swearing at God or whatever and you just say you know I'm done and then you know that just leaves you you know in a bad situation um, with your relationship with God or, or maybe you feel so sad that you feel like you're abandoned and you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to leave this relationship. It's not working out. And I feel like we just need to have that, that trust and that, that relationship that, you know, what God is telling us will bless us, will bless us because that, that, that will happen. If you think about like Nephi, he had troubles, you know, his uh, layman wanted to, you know, didn't want to give up the plates, the brass plates. He says, no, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to keep them. And then he, they, they, he refused to give them up. And then, he, like, they got a better idea. It's like, we'll, we'll just buy it off. It's like, so they brought the gold and everything, their precious uh, values. And it's like, we'll just buy off the plates. And that's like, yeah, I'll take the, 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 the your, your, your gold and your valuable uh, possessions. But now I'm going to threaten to kill you and... And, and, you know, I'm just going to take your stuff pretty much. I'm going to just plunder you and still not give you the, the brass plates. And they, you know what, you know, Nephi still had, he, he was still given this commandment. Even, I would say, I don't know if he was feeling discouraged, but at that moment he had that trust. Um, he had that relationship with God where he trusts, like, all right, God gave me commandment. We just got to keep on trying until something works. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I know a lot of people that has that, that, um, tenacity, that determination, where they once they're given a commandment, it's like I, I gotta still do it, you know. Even yeah. if, if even if it's you know, even if it's difficult, even if you're getting rejected uh, multiple times, or you know, I feel like. But in the end of the, the that that story, that he does get the plates uh, eventually. So I feel like um, having that uh, that trust in the relationship really <laughs> matters, um, because it, it really. I feel like it makes it easier to be obedient. Yeah. I think adding, like you said, like a phrase, like unchecked. Yeah. I like that phrase is like, just check. Like if you're curious, like how close you are to God, like check. Like it isn't that hard. I think to like your question about like what questions to ask yourself, I think it'd be number one, like how much does God trust me? Like if you were God and you had to like trust like Matt, like was that the last prompting you like received from God? Did you follow that prompting? Or not. I think too, for like your example you had for like Nephi and like 
Jerusalem at the plates. I think many people think he went from wilderness to Jerusalem and until he got the plates, he was a loser. But I think to your point about like the rejection and like to go through all these like hard things, I think you need like small wins. Like if I had to know like, okay, like yeah, the plates aren't in my possession quite yet, but I've been saying my prayers, I'm trusting in the spirits, reading like my scriptures, so like he still knew he's doing the right path. I think the hard part though is when you have no evidence doing the right thing and you have no like direction. But if if if, if you have like small wins every day, it makes it easier to like withstand like rejection like all the time from the, the world and stuff. I really like that thought. Um, because I feel like a lot of times God gives us a commandment and it's like we tried and we had this like huge rejection and it like it shakes our, our faith and it, it's just like and then we, we stop. We stop following that commandment instead of uh, getting back up. And I feel like what Nephi did, it's like what you're saying about praying, he checked in with God. He's like, all right, um, I tried. So what now? You know, it's like, all right, we probably, you know, received inspiration from the Holy Ghost. It's like, all right, let's, let's try buying the, the, the plates now. I mean, and, you know, it didn't work out. It's like, all right, what am I supposed to do now? And then eventually, you know, he was prompted to, you know, um, go closer to the, uh, to the walls of Jerusalem, and he didn't know what he was actually doing in the walls of Jerusalem. He didn't know why he was in Jerusalem. He was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem. This is all I knew, and eventually he, he found Laban, and um, eventually he does get to the plates, you know. He, he, was, he was given out even a, a second command, you know. He was commanded to, to slay Laban because he was told that it's better that um, one man perish than, than a nation. And so yeah. that's how important these brass plates were that, you know, God says, like, this is absolutely important. You, you need to get these plates. Um, and I feel like that's so um, important because Nephi didn't, like, give up. It was, there was a process of continually to check in with God. Yeah. I think, too, we almost love, like, formulas too much in a church. Like, if you do this thing, you'll feel the spirit. But... Nephi didn't plan on Jerusalem happening or killing Laban or the plates. Like it says in the scriptures that the spirit led him and he didn't know like beforehand what to do. And in the church we try and like sometimes overthink and like plan every different like angle and like if they do this, I'll do that. But instead, if your focus is on following Christ, then if that's like your center, then you can just go and do and the Lord will tell you what to do. So I think being able to take to, for the context, like the topic, like find the will of the Lord quickly. If I could have like planned for like months, like a blueprint of like the city and like there's these doors and like these passageways and like go this way, but like he decides to go in there. And I think about it and like overanalyze everything. I like that. Um, so I have a question. Do you feel like you had an experience like Nephi where you just like you had God commanded you to do something and you and things didn't work out? Um, and like what did you do or like what are your thoughts on that? I probably overread at the mission because but I mean it was like two years of my entire life, but I mean, there's no way to plan out every angle of like people you're gonna talk to or strangers. So, I don't know, like, there's a lot of times I'd be, like, walking on the street, and they, I get, like, a, a prompting, like, knock on this door. And I don't really know why, but the hard part is if you knock on some door and they don't answer, then you think, oh, that was just, like, my thought, like, wrong prompting, like, false alarm. Mm -hmm. But what if God is, like, trying to, like, just gauge, can I trust you? So, like, when, like, the real one comes, you're ready to go. So I think in that context, I've had lots of times where, like, I, like, stop someone, like, I'm on the street, or, like, knocking their door at the perfect time for it to happen. Whereas if it happened, like, a day before, like, a day afterwards, it wouldn't have, like, worked out. So I would think that the real context of this is, like, always being ready to go and for God to, like, trust you at, like, all times. Would you say that God trusts you a lot because like he sent you on a mission which is like a very difficult thing and you're going to be teaching people and 
he's going to give you a lot of responsibility. Do you feel like that has, would you say God has given you a lot of trust in that way? I think so. I think to be trusted is more important than to be loved. I think God loves everyone unconditionally, but I think trust though is earned for God. Like, I don't think God trusts everyone the same. Like, in my opinion, God trusts the prophet more than he trusts me to accomplish his work on the earth, right? So I think trust isn't like a one-time pony. It's like a up-and-down thing. Like, you either are earning trust from God, you're, like, losing trust from him. The more, I think trust, if I were to, like, simplify the word, it's, can I count on Matt to do this thing? And the higher that trust is, the more that that will probably happen. Like, if I tell Matt, so-and-so is feeling sick, uh, go call them. Like, will I actually do that? Or will I shrug and say, you know what, it's kind of like a weird thought, it's kind of random, it's kind of awkward, and I won't do that, so... I probably say that. I like that. Um, I really think. Is there any other blessings that you, we should talk about, or any other stories that we should uh, that you feel like you, you wanted to mention um, that really stand out for you? That example uh, that was an exemplary ex- example of uh, being obedient. I think people that we taught are my mission. Like there's sometimes we bring up like love chastity or tithing or going to church or giving up alcohol people would go from like 15 years of like drinking every weekend to like instantly like like, okay i'm gonna stop right now and give it all up like we had a guy he was in prison for years and then he came out and then he changed his like entire lifestyle all of his friends his job his everything i think when you actually, like, want to trust God, you're going to put Him first in, like, your life. So how did you help the, this this man that wasn't in prison, like, to, to change? Like, because I asked you that because, like, we all struggle with, like, certain commandments. How do we apply that for ourselves? Like, you, you saw it in, in that man. He, he made some steps. Like, it, it should be similar, don't you think? Yeah. I think it was more like we weren't like, hey, stop smoking. It was more like, here's why God loves you so much. And because he loves you so much, we have to be like commandments that he's like given to us. I think if you tell people like the why, it's a lot easier for them to like listen to you. So, but I think that's all part of like a spiritual like confirmation, which is all true. So for that man, like he let the spirit to his, his like core and he like knew for himself it's like the right thing to do. For his life. I think it's important. Because you can just like say. Oh. The spirit is X, Y, and Z. You feel good. You feel amazing. But in- instead. When they're feeling it. Like pinpoint. Say hey. What you're feeling right now. That's called the spirit. That way they can act like tangible. Like evidence. That's what this is called. I think too often in our church. We think like everyone knows what that means. But like the spirit's like. Personalized for each person. For like how they feel in their own lives. I love that because I feel like our our faith is what changed the man, right? It's it's, the, it's faith in Jesus Christ. He he prayed and he trusted, you know, Jesus Christ to heal him, and that's what helped him overcome that obstacle of that of that commandment, right? So if we follow that same example, and we take one commandment that we're really struggling with, and we pray about it, and we we have that faith, like. Whatever it be, it's like, God, I'm I'm really struggling with, you know, sharing the gospel, or maybe it's like I'm really struggling, you know, to pay tithing, or maybe I'm struggling to, you know, be be more charitable, or to be, um, whatever it be, and then, you know, and to say like, I need thy, I need I need thy son's atonement, like I need his his grace, I need his help, to help me. To obey this commandment, there, I'm I'm imperfect. I need your help, and I feel like as we continue to like check in with God and say like, I'm trying. I still need your help. This is like a journey, kind of like Nephi. He, there was a whole journey, but he made that happen, and he that's gonna same that's gonna be the same way, for our journey. It's gonna look a little bit different, but he's gonna like provide all that was necessary, for us to keep his commandments, because yeah. he wants us to succeed. 
That's, I think, too, for the journey of, like, knowing Christ, it's important because if we say for the color blue, like, it has to be sky blue, and someone else thinks it's, like, a navy blue, but if you, like, box on the spirit, say, for the spirit, it's always you crying every time. If someone else, like, I don't ever cry, like, they think that the spirit's, like, wrong for them. But I think the spirit can be something for everyone else. Like, it can be, like, thoughts in your mind. It can be, like, person like calls you up like the spirit can be like your own version of like what you need from God at that given time so to your point by like checking in you find out for yourself how the spirit speaks to you personally it's just for everything I definitely agree with you there and something that I've learned recently in my life is that um, once we get comfortable like finding how the spirit speak to us um, the spirit wants to speak to us in, in different ways that I, I, I personally believe um, so as we continue to like build a relationship with God, God's going to be able to speak to us in a more intimate way, um, more personal way, um, as we continue to build that relationship. So I feel like as we continue on our journey to, to follow Jesus Christ, we're going to be able to enjoy those, those blessings of um, keeping His commandments. But we don't even like know God. Like We know Him a little bit, but we don't like know, know Him. It's like may think like God will always be like this way for us but I think the more you follow his commandments the more you like understand the character and nature of God like nowhere in the script was it where like the brother of Jared where the stones would like shine like that wasn't like his plan per se like he asked him to but like the hands being shown and all that that wasn't his like goal so like I think we just need to have like the thought of, like we'll trust in God and then however he shows himself like roll with the flow and just like just go with it so that's the main thing yeah um I I think that's all the questions that I had for for um obedience and um and and uh and blessings uh, is there any other thoughts that you wanted to share honestly that's probably the gist I like though how we focused on the blessings of following God quickly and how the, the spirit is always the same for every person. It's like your own timetable and how like God like speaks to you personally. So yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up for tonight for that podcast. You guys have a great day. Bye.